Have you ever wished you had been taught how to study the Bible in depth? Because that is exactly what our partners, Chasing Sacred, are all about. Creating resources for studying the Bible that meet practical needs while also maintaining strong biblical literacy. The way they structure their studies are so purposeful, and they help readers understand the historical and cultural context, which is so important. They actually just came out with a new study on the book of Ephesians. You do not want to miss it. Just don't forget to put code abiding free for a 20% discount on any of their products. Click their link in our show notes and learn more about them at chasingsacred.com. Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom. Freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Abiding Free Podcast. It has been a minute. (laughs) On behalf of Shannon and myself, Kristen here, we want to say how much we have missed this podcast. We planned on being back this fall. If you are returning, you know that we announced that on our last episode and it didn't happen. I'm sure you all can relate. Sometimes life happens and we've had some just amazing ministry opportunities and but we've missed this podcast and we're so happy to be back. Thank you for returning with us and for those of you that are new, welcome to the Abiding Free podcast and we would encourage you to go back when you have a chance and listen to any of our other episodes. We have a wide range of topics, speakers, authors, so much more, and we would love for you to listen. We have the vision and mission on this podcast to point to the freedom we have in Christ in all areas of life as we abide in Him. And so what I want to say is we are thrilled to be back um, on the podcast with a four-week special series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, if you aren't familiar with this book, if you've never read it, you've never studied it, studied it, well, you are in good company because that's pretty common. And so that's why we can't wait to dive into this somewhat mysterious book. And you may know this, but we have a free Bible reading plan. It goes for about three weeks through the month of January or any month, really, that you're listening to this podcast episode. You can go into the show notes and download that for free. And um, we want to say, though, if you are not following along the Bible reading plan, this season is still for you. <laughs> but the disclaimer is this. This is not an expository, thorough sermon type series. 
series. What I mean by that is, you know, Ecclesiastes is so deep and so rich. And so we can't hit everything in just four weeks where we have these shorter, you know, um, podcast episodes. But this is a more of a devotional series. It's going to be an overview and some main and key points for you to pray and think through, whether you are just listening to the podcast or studying along um, in Ecclesiastes with us. We hope your heart and mind are open to this incredible book. And yes, this book is an incredible book, but it's totally wild too. And um, let's talk about Ecclesiastes here. You know, some have accused this book of being cynical. Many see it as confusing. To be honest, I have until I've recently studied it in depth. And a lot just don't even go through it. They kind of skip through it in the Bible. And um, some, rightly so, we can read this book and say, make up your mind to the teacher in the book. The teacher who we're going to talk about in a little bit is the main voice in this book. We're going to see how this teacher, this preacher teacher, says all these things that seem to contradict each other. So on one hand, the preacher's like, well, eat, drink, and be merry. I quote that verse because I think many of you know that verse. You know, it's one of the only verses a lot of people know from Ecclesiastes, and which I have, and you probably have too, seen, you know, this verse at a lot of weddings or celebrations. And yet nobody talks about, nobody lists this on their, at their wedding or party celebration that this same teacher just a short time later says basically, oh, yeah but you are going to be judged for it all. (laughs) And then on the other hand, this teacher preacher, you know, basically says, well, everything in life is like a vapor. It just blows away. It doesn't make sense. But oh, he then says, you know, basically that everything in life is a gift and should be enjoyed. And so live it up. (laughs) And at the end, you know, he talks about, After he talks about all these great things in life, he also ends with somewhat of a note and a hint of regret. So it's kind of like we could read this book and say, well, on the surface, well, make up your mind, teacher, you know, teacher, preacher. But in reality, I think this preacher is capturing the tensions and contradictions in life so often. And that's what we're going to really talk through these next four weeks. And I mean, don't we all feel this? And what I mean by this is, you know, me may not be as dramatic as me, (laughs) but have you ever gotten a job, a gift, a trip, maybe a person you've really wanted? And yeah, maybe it's something you've received with gratitude, but at times there's also something deep within you that when you get something you really want, it still leaves you feeling unsatisfied and you wonder, is this it? And I think sometimes, right, we're afraid to say it out loud because we think it might seem, you know, like we're ungrateful. But I would say instead that often it's that we are tasting what this preacher in Ecclesiastes has journeyed through very deeply. So this is kind of a silly example of some of the things we're going to be diving into in this book. Okay. So For years, I wanted a white 
SUV. Okay. You may think that's ridiculous, but so I think why I wanted it is like, I love the color white. Um, I think SUVs when you're in them, you kind of feel like big and safe on the freeway. Um, I'm not very tall. I'm, I'm kind of short and, and small. <laughs> I love sports. You know, I think, I think there's something about an SUV. It feels like really sporty. I don't even know, but so you know, I just have kind of always thought, oh, it'd be cool to have, you know, a white SUV. Now, if you know my husband, he's wise and he's careful with money. Um, He's also incredibly generous. But anyway, he has never wanted us to have a car payment. So we've always, you know, paid cash for our cars. So, you know, we always kind of have to look for a really good deal. And um, we don't always, you know, get like exactly what we're looking for. And not only that, but he really has never um, wanted to get an SUV for a good reason, I understand, because the mileage, right, is really bad per gallon. Um, well, anyway, so just about three years ago, when it was about time for me to need another car, he found a white SUV for sale. <laughs> and so here I am thinking, I'm going to get this like dream that I've had for, you know, all these years. It wasn't a big dream. Okay. I've had bigger, uh, bigger dreams clearly, but I'm using this as an example, but I was, so I was a little shocked. He was willing to, you know, get this car. Um, but it was an incredible deal. Now, mind you, it did have 90,000 miles on it. It was a salvaged vehicle, which I know some of you are going to think that is a big no-no. We did too, but it was a good deal. We got it checked out by the mechanic. It was a lot older. Um, but you guys, I was getting my white SUV (laughs) and I was grateful. Um, so, but one thing my husband and I do after we get something we've really wanted is we often joke to each other and we say, isn't your life just so much better? And we laugh because yes, because sometimes gifts that we get in life, the things that we wanted, you know, that are super awesome and make life better a little bit right, (laughs) for the moment, (laughs) but it wears off quickly doesn't it? And so after all these years of thinking, you know, I, I'd love to have a white SUV. <laughs> you know, I it, it, I laughed when my husband asked me that because you know what? It really didn't make me ultimately happier. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was grateful. Um, but then, uh, and then on top of it, not to mention literally two months later, after I get my dream of a white SUV, the gas prices in California go up to $6 a gallon. Okay. Why? (laughs) I asked like that didn't make sense, right? It was just meaningless. You know, I, I wasn't happier. And then I get a punch in the gut for it too. (laughs) It's like, I finally get my dream. And then it's like, I barely, and then, and then all of a sudden my husband and I are like, well, we better not drive it that much because it's so expensive. I mean, the injustice, (laughs) the vanity, and you know what? We can laugh at this, right? Because it's really not that significant, but there are weightier things, aren't there? We have probably wanted things in life. We've even got them at times and it hasn't satisfied. Or we look around at the landscape of life and it doesn't make sense sometimes. The injustice, the backward, the upside down things in life. And so if I could summarize the book of Ecclesiastes, and maybe a lot of people might summarize it a bit differently, but if I could summarize it in a very hopefully simple way, this is what I would say about Ecclesiastes. This is what we're going to be diving into. Ecclesiastes 
is a seemingly cynical book of someone, the preacher, (laughs) who is very wise and he has tasted many of the pleasures, but also toil of life. This preacher has found those things to be in and of themselves empty, which is depressing, right? When we, when we, when we realize these things we may, we've wanted (laughs) are, are not fulfilling. It can be a little depressing, but ultimately this preacher finds that this emptiness points to hope and meaning that is only found in God. And then the really beautiful part of this book that I cannot wait to dive into, it's almost like this boomerang effect. So where this preacher, because of this hope and meaning he finds ultimately in God, everything he saw as empty and vain from this like humanistic perspective where he's looking at it from just a human lens, everything then becomes meaningful through God. It's it's just amazing. It's like this full circle. So to me, Ecclesiastes is ultimately a book of hope, even though on the off- onset, it's going to seem cynical. <laughs> it literally starts off with vanity, vanity, or meaningless, meaningless. But this book is beautiful because ultimately points to hope we find only in Jesus. And, you know, it's funny because I used to, um, even just recently, probably within the last months, is I, I, w- I would share maybe on social media, like only Jesus matters or things like that. But because, but Ecclesiastes has shown me different that all things can be meaningful because of Jesus. And so that's why the title of this series is called The Meaning, the Mundane, and the Messiness of Life. Because the true meaning of life we're going to learn is what makes our mundane and messiness the messiness, the hardships of life, meaningful. That's what makes it meaningful, the true meaning of life. And so, okay, whoa, that's a lot. So let's step back a little bit now because I want to say for those of you that are doing the reading plan, I want to give a couple tips. I want to recommend three resources as you go along. And the first is this. I hope you've discovered the Bible Project videos because even if you're not doing the Ecclesiastes Bible reading plan, I encourage you to listen up here is every time I start a new book of the Bible, I do the Bible Project videos and they're like an average of maybe eight minutes. They're not bad at all. And they're just amazing, you guys. They um, give an overview of the book. And then the second resource we want to recommend is a commentary called EnduringWord.com. It has commentary on every single book of the Bible. It's free. It's by David Guzik, and it is amazing. I went, just as a side note, I went to seminary. I had to, I had to buy this like really expensive Bible software um, with all these commentaries on it, and I still use Enduring Word more than any other commentary. It's just amazing. And then third, we want to recommend the book Better. How Jesus Satisfies the Search for Meaning by Tim Chaddock, which explores the mysteries, scandalous lines, and deep truths of Ecclesiastes and applies them to life today. So I'm reading this with a group of women at my church, and it's just really a great practical application of Ecclesiastes. All these resources will link in the show notes along with the Bible reading plan. Um, So now we're going to dive into, for the remaining part of this podcast, we're going to dive into the specific 
context a little bit of Ecclesiastes as well as the first verse. You know, we've given somewhat of a big picture view, but let's look at the specifics of who and when and some more of the why of this book. Ecclesiastes, as you probably know by now, is in the Old Testament and it is a type of literature known as wisdom literature, which as indicated by its name, offers us wisdom. At the beginning of the book, we are told, you know, this book is written by a preacher who is the son of David, it said, and is a king in Jerusalem. Now, there are a few views on who this really is. Many think, and I will just tell you, I find this the most compelling, that it is it is King Solomon, the literal son of King David, who was also a king in Jerusalem. To me, I think unless in the Bible, unless it's clearly indicated as a metaphor or other, we should take scripture at face value. So I take that at face value. And, you know, I think what is also compelling about it being Solomon is in first Kings four, this may be a familiar story for you. King Solomon prayed to God, this incredibly humble prayer. And all he asked for essentially from God is wisdom. He asked, you know, help me God to discern good and evil as I lead the people. Wow. Can you imagine if that, if you could ask God anything, like would that be (laughs) what you would ask him? And God was so pleased by this. It says that he tells Solomon, since you didn't ask for riches or long life, I am not only going to make you the wisest person ever to have lived. I am also going to give you riches and honor all your days. And I believe this actually really sets the stage for Ecclesiastes because the voice in Ecclesiastes is wise. The teacher or preacher is wise and speaks of someone who has the experience of, of tasting a lot of pleasures in life of, you know, having riches. Okay. So now that I've made my case for it being King Solomon, I want to say this, this isn't a deal breaker. (laughs) We can still get along if you don't think it's King Solomon. Um, And so I'll probably most likely often refer to it just as the teacher preacher. So, you know, if you have a hard time getting past it being King Solomon, we can still get along. (laughs) So hopefully we're good now. But anyway, with that being said, it's especially important to note that those of you reading the book, don't miss there are actually two voices. There is the author who is recording to us the words of the teacher preacher. And that's important to note because it could be a bit confusing as you go along. And it is actually the author who gives us the big summary at the end. And then lastly, we are going to talk about this statement at the beginning of the book, which is in verse two. And it's often translated, you'll see it if you look in your text, but it says in verse two, it either says, depending on your translation, either vanity of vanities or meaningless, meaningless. This phrase is also the last phrase of the preacher. He says it again. He repeats it again. He says, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. So the Bible Project video, I want to talk about this word that's used um, that was translated, as I mentioned, into either vanity or meaningless. This is repeated 38 times in Ecclesiastes. This is a very significant part of the book. So the Bible Project does a beautiful job dissecting this word, which is hevel in the Hebrew. Okay, So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Um, Most of it was written in Hebrew. And this word, Hevel, as I mentioned 38 times, um, is that the the Bible Project um, tells us that it's meaningless 
or vanity is not actually what fully encapsulates the meaning of this word. So it has aspects of it, but I also studied this in depth in seminary and it was fascinating. The word um, hevel literally means vapor breath. So life is like a vapor or breath. This word isn't meant to communicate that the preacher is going to be telling us throughout Ecclesiastes that everything in life is meaningless. Everything is just meaningless and, and vanity. It's actually giving us a picture of a vapor. So think of a vapor. It's mysterious. It's hard to grasp. And if we do try to grasp it because it has taken a form that looks like something we can grab, it's going to slip through our fingers, right? Just like a vapor. And we can't control or grab on to life and shape it how we want, just like a vapor. But through this frustrating realization, the preacher ultimately is pointed to hope. He's pointed to the who, who really holds all the things of life in his hands. Now, I know that seems a little bit open-ended in there, but that's the point because I want you to come back. I hope you come back for the next three weeks. That's all we have left. And um, that is where we're ending today. Hopefully, we've done an overview and an intro today. In the next few weeks, we're going to dive into some of the specifics and wrap it up with, I think, the main point of Ecclesiastes, and, and that is to point us to the significance found in Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me, friends. I will see you back next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah. And then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you. 